Welcome to the Blank Bus Podcast, a weekly conversation on the biggest stories in politics from two friends who come from opposite sides of the aisle. I'm Erin McCall, founder of Blank Buzz, a political marketing firm that seeks to empower campaigns and politicians by connecting them to their constituents through innovative marketing strategy. Hello, and welcome to the newest episode of the Blank Buzz podcast, the first episode of the year 2021. Uh, the Democrats have just have won the Senate this week, and we've had a coup, failed coup. Uh, so... Interesting week, interesting month. We're going to get into it. This is Aaron McKell. No. No? Well, what are you? Well, I'm Wesley Walsh. I was, I was introducing you first to be oh, polite. Oh, right. Hi. Hi, this is Aaron McKell and I'm <laughs> Wesley Walsh. Okay. So, uh, Aaron, what's on the agenda for today? What's on the agenda? Um... Well, yeah, lots happened since we last spoke. When did we last spoke? In early December. Yep. So, I don't know. What do you want to start? Ah. Uh, I think the best place to start is Georgia. Okay. That's been the big question hanging since the election, and we've gotten our answer. John Ossoff. Uh, and Raphael Warnock are going to be senators from the state of Georgia. This is the first time since 1994 that both 1996. Senate, 1996? Oh, maybe. Okay. I believe it was 94 that both Senate seats in a state have flipped parties in the same year. Uh, so pretty big event all around. Good job to John Ossoff. I'll admit I didn't think he could do it. He didn't. I was a little more confident in Warnock because his opponent was more crazy and because he was, I think, more, uh, Georgia-y. <laughs> um, like, I don't know, Ossoff, Ossoff seems like a, like a Brooklyn guy. I don't know. He kind of does, but... Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Warnock is, like, the first African-American senator in the South since... Reconstruction. Yeah, so, like, I, I didn't realize that it was that sort of, I don't know what word... Historic. Yeah, I guess, historic. <clears throat> yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I think his opponent was weaker. He, he was running against... You and I had kind of a separate conversation about this at some point, but he was running against someone who really wasn't a true incumbent because she had never won the seat. She was appointed to the seat when, I can't remember his name, uh, retired in 2018. So she was just appointed by the governor and... um, other so you know so it wasn't really her um it wasn't truly her seat and this was her first actual like well it was her first time actually running for this seat and it was her first election ever she'd never been in politics before right and um i think also just as an opponent she was a lot weaker because um, I explained this to you as, I don't even know, it's not that she worked on Wall Street and did a bunch of insider trading 
and whatnot because a bunch of Republicans do that. That's not mm-hmm. really like breaking news. Yeah, well, the specific scandal was that she uh, sold a bunch of stock after a briefing about the pandemic and then went yeah, on Yeah, but a lot to... of people did that. Yeah, sure. Right, that's what I'm saying. The um, Democrats, you know, were... It was a scandal for Democrats learning about it, but the Republicans don't care. Right. So, um, it's not even that, but it's that... She, and I said it as, I just don't find her particularly, she's not really passionate. Some people call her sort of like a hobbyist mm-hmm. because, you know, like I said, she, she'd never, she'd never really been involved in politics or run for office or done any sort of political work or advocacy work at all before running for this seat. And just, she, you know, her whole kind of campaign was really just kind of this bizarre, like, hodgepodge of different, like, right-wing slogans and just calling Warnock a socialist over and over yeah. and over. Like she Radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Yeah, she was just very, like, one-dimensional and not really passionate where she's, um, you know, really aggressively like going out there um talking to people doing events you know Mm -hmm. doing all these things to really work for it so as i recall it was either um i don't think it was a primary but in the first round uh her main concern was beating out a republican challenger yeah and so she went really far to the right to the point that like i mean there's one uh commercial that circulated uh where her the the tagline was that kelly loffler is more conservative than attila the hun yeah Um, i remember yeah people talking about that yeah yeah because that was well because i mean there wasn't gonna be the way the rules work is that um in order to win the seat whoever's um Whoever gets it has to win at least 50% of the vote. So it was like, but I believe it was, um, like, that's the only, the only reason John Ossoff and uh, Purdue even had another sort of go at it was because nobody got to 50. Right. Um, If somebody had gotten to 50, it would have just, whoever would have won would have been the winner. And they got really close because there was only two um, those were the only two people in the race. Yes. Um, it's just that Purdue got 49.9% of the vote. And then the third pa- some third party candidates got like, yes. I think enough, like something like, you know, half a percent, but it was enough so that nobody got to 50. Yes. It- and this is why I am declaring 2021 a jubilee year for the Republican, for the, sorry, for the Libertarian Party. I will not make fun of Libertarians for the next calendar year because they saved our asses by spoiling the race in November. Right. But then the the other race with Loeffler and Warnock, um, I don't know exactly, yeah, because she, it was like... It was her, another Republican, and Warnock. I don't know. I think just the way the rules are is, like, if somebody had gotten to 50%, they would have won the seat. Yeah. But then, and also, there's a, if somebody gets to a certain threshold, they have a runoff. So, basically, the way the numbers worked out 
was that it was Lawfleur, I think, won overall, but it wasn't anywhere near 50%. It was, like, I think, like, 40 or something. Yeah. And then Warnock got something, like, 35%, and then the other guy got, like, 20-some percent. So, yeah. um, yeah, so it's actually, like, we really shouldn't have even been in this position, but... It, because of the third party yes. candidate, because otherwise Purdue would have just won the seat if it was like this close. Right. Um. So, which is kind of how Georgia seems to be right now, anyway, though, because I mean the races were really close. Um. But yeah, because I know you were more, and it, you know, obviously also because Ossoff's not going to be the youngest person in the Senate. He's thirty three. You know, and I was like, he's not really super experienced. Like he was an mm. intern for. John Lewis, which is kind of his most notable uh, point, but it was in high school. Right. So it was a long time ago. Um, And since then, um, because he he did go to an Ivy League. I think he went to Georgetown. Yeah. Is Georgetown Ivy? Uh, Oh, it's like second tier Ivy, I guess. Georgetown's Jesuit, right? Um, I don't know. I think Georgetown's Jesuit. Well, it's it's considered... Okay, it's... Well, it's... Okay, it, it's up there in probably the top, like, 10% of schools. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, he did he did work as a staffer for somebody in Congress. Nobody notable, but it was somebody in the House. And, um, but then for the past, like, seven years, he's been running this, like, documentary film um company but it's sort of more like a non-profit it seems like because they and they make films about like democracy in different countries so i don't know just like nothing he hasn't really i don't even know how he got to to run for senate i'm still kind of confused well, so about it he ran for congress in 2017 well i know about that but right i just i guess i don't know I, is that the only reason he ran i i don't because i was trying to find information about his background um, I couldn't really find much. It seems like he grew up not super wealthy, but probably like upper middle class, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. There wasn't. I don't know. I was, I still was confused though. I don't know. But, I don't know how he even decided to run for senate. Like I don't. I I just wasn't. Um. It seems like he just kind of got like thrust into mm-hmm. that position. Well, so he. I think twenty seventeen was a big deal. In that he was kind of, uh, there was, I remember I followed his race in 2017 really closely. I was really all in on Ossoff. And he came close, but he did not win. Uh, but, um, but I think that probably between all of his different little things that he's been doing, he's just been building a really solid network. And because 2017 gave him national name recognition, it showed that he's someone who can get a lot of donations from out of state. Uh, It probably made him a pretty, uh, like, exciting candidate for uh, whoever makes the big decisions in the Georgia Democratic Party. Uh, And so I guess they ran him for Senate. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I just didn't, like, fully understand the big picture of that, but I still don't. But um, he was definitely the weaker candidate, and he was running against a true incumbent. Right. Um, So, 
it was it was a different race, but yeah. and that was the closer race, but um yeah, they both pulled it off. Yeah. So thank thank God <laughs> for Stacey Abrams that W uh Waffler's WNBA team that she uh managed or that she owns. Why does everybody put hate on that though? I don't mm-hmm. get that. Put hate on what? Her owning a WNBA team. No, it's because the reason that like the that like press started building around the Warnock campaign is because the team that she owns hates her enough that they all like did a social media campaign yeah, I, promoting I Warnock. Yeah. So it's I don't know if it's we hate that she owns a WNBA team. Billionaires do shit like that all the time. Uh but I think it's more that her WNBA team hates her so much that they went and like uh started the ball rolling on destroying her political career. Is it that they hate her or is it just that they're Democrats? Um is they're like pretty much black women who probably play both. basketball. <laughs> probably both. Um I think that the, the two things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. I hate Kelly Loeffler and I'm a Democrat. Okay. So <laughs> um anyway, well we found out on Wednesday um, well, we knew Warnock won Tuesday, late Tuesday night. Yeah. And then, um, the other race, we learned the outcome on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday was an interesting day. So, Wednesday was the day of the insurrection. Yes. So, what happened was, it was like, woo, we won the Senate. Yep. All this excitement for about an hour. And then... Um, which I didn't even realize how serious it was. I thought it was just a bunch of the protesters that had sort of trickled over from the Trump rally mm-hmm. that went to the Capitol. Um, but it was like a full-blown yeah. insurrection. It was, we were, I don't know. I don't know how likely it was, but on Earth 15. Uh, what? Like, Okay. Sorry, I'm using comic book terminology. So imagine that we're Earth-1, right? And that there are all these alternate worlds where different things have happened. Maybe there's a world where Hillary won in 2016. So there's a world where these people got luckier and actually managed to breach the Senate chamber before the Senate was evacuated and took some hostages, maybe killed some senators even. And in that case... I don't know what we would look like right now yeah. a little under a week out from it. Um so we came we came very close to a big historical event. I mean this is pretty analogous to like the beer hall putsch in Germany in the 1920s which kind of kicked off the uh Nazis. Uh there are it's it there there is ample reason to be incredibly disturbed by what happened. Yeah. Well, they did find because in in all of the investigations that are happening mm. now, they found because somebody had I forget what you call those, but they're like handcuffs that have like a little the tab. Pl- plastic ties. Yeah, that he uses handcuffs when you want to handcuff a lot of people all at once. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and then somebody like near the Capitol had like somebody's truck had like a bunch of explosives and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't at. It was like close to it, and I guess I don't know. They never managed to get that stuff in there or something. But 
or they confiscated it. I think maybe they confiscated it before. Um, but it seems like that is something that was part of the plan for some people. I'm just confused about that also in, in so far as that, like, cause they were at this rally, mm-hmm. like down the street. Was that the White House? It was somewhere in D.C. Somewhere nearby. It was somewhere. And Trump basically said, like, you know, go to the Capitol and fight. Yeah. And they did. So, but then why, how could they have been prepared, I guess? Like, the, like, how would you have that stuff if it was just like, yeah, we're going, because that's the whole claim is like. Because a lot of these militia people bring guns to every protest. Okay. Uh, So then, like. Do you think, I guess, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how that fits into the whole equation. It's like, were they just planning to do that maybe anyway? Well, or is it like if they had the opportunity sort of a thing? I don't know. I just well, was there like, was beforehand, there was a lot circulate. There were, you know, circulating in far right groups on social media was a lot of stuff about, you know, January 6th is the big day. Uh, yeah, because that's the day that the Senate also... A lot right. happened on Wednesday. Because also what was going on at the same time was that the Senate and... Oh, I guess it's Congress. Um, basically just counts the electoral votes. Yeah. Nobody ever pays attention to it in any other year. Um, so all they do is they count the votes, they certify it, and then um, they just basically... That's like the very last step yeah. before the inauguration where it's like... It's official. So that's why that was a significant day in the first place. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I think that there were definitely people in the crowd who were prepared to do something. There was not, I don't think there was much of an organized plan. Uh, I think storming the Capitol was probably, some people had that as an idea. And, you know, the president played into that. Uh, but, you know, this, as these, these, this militia movement is luckily not very well organized because, you know, they're fucking lunatics and they all, they all have slightly different beliefs about what kind of conspiracy is going on behind the scenes. The whole thing is just, well, and it was crazy that they were, because they weren't, obviously they didn't, um... I mean, nobody in Congress was harmed. They were able to get them out of there. Um, But they got pretty close, and five people did die in connection with it. Six now. Six now. Oh, well, I mean, it's, you know, number six is a little bit that a a police officer who was uh, beaten really badly, I think he was, like, in crutches, uh, took his own life today. And I love I, how I'm the one who showed you that. Right. <laughs> now you're in like, oh, I mean, no. yeah. Uh, but yeah. No. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, right. And <laughs> so, you know, we don't know what exactly was going on there, but uh, I think it would be reasonable to surmise some sort of connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. At least five, maybe six deaths connected to the thing. Uh, there was a cop who was injured and died of his injuries at the place Mm -hmm. uh one uh woman who was shot by police and uh three guys who just had medical emergencies one guy tased himself and gave himself a heart thing 
Um, yeah, because it was essentially a situation where if you if you needed help, you weren't going to be able to get it. I mean, right. that's so good or bad. So, um, but it's crazy just how unorganized also the law enforcement is, which right. I also don't know because, well, the National Guard took like four hours to get there, but the president is, well, the president's the commander-in-chief of the military, so I was like, does he have anything to do with those kind of deployments or whatever? And I guess with the National Guard, it's his call with the National Guard, so... Yeah, so it makes sense that they took a long time to send them there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think there was also... There were other people who didn't want to bring the National Guard in because there is some kind of authority that the president has over them. And they didn't uh-huh. want to be want to responsible further, like, for escalate. giving the president and a resource at that tense moment. Yeah. Um, well, they just had, like, no one, really. But yeah. it's a lot of people were criticizing... Well, and there was a lot on social media leading up, but they weren't prepared. And, like, because if you looked at, a lot of people were comparing, like, over the summer, over the black, during the Black Lives Matter protest, they had all kinds of people, police officers, military personnel that were, like, armed militia, basically, Mm -hmm. like, on all the monuments and, like, all over those buildings in D.C., um, like, and nothing happened, but, you know, is it because they were prepared, you know, possibly, um, and, you know, they had, like, nothing for, for this time, even though there was similar, like, they knew it was happening, um, and so there's a lot of, like, criticism on one end where, like, why weren't they prepared, and then on the other end of, well, they showed such restraint, like, why weren't they shooting and, you mm. know, tasering them? And, you know, why were they just, you know, some of them actually let them walk over the barricades and yeah. stuff. Like, why did they do that? There was somebody who took a selfie with one of the yeah. rioters. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't understand the thinking behind that. But, I, you know, I'm more in the camp of, like... Not that they showed too little restraint with Black Lives Matter. I'm like, they should have just been like that, like, both times. Mm. <laughs> they should have been... What? Right. I mean, shouldn't they have been beating people? And, like, you know, I would have been totally yeah. in support of that. They should have, like, so thrown basically, them basically, I, the I would draw a distinction between protecting the nation's capital and protecting Target. Um, no, I'm not talking about Target. What? I just said they were... I was comparing it when in when they were doing the marches in D.C. Right. They had Well, the yeah, people, they had the big... Right, yeah. they were protecting our government, essentially. Yeah. Right. You don't know with the Black Lives Matter... Um, you don't know, you know, if they didn't have those things at the ready or whatever, you know, would they have taken sort of more drastic action or... You know, probably not not to overthrow the government, but maybe to, like, make some kind of a statement probably mm-hmm. is more like it. But still, I mean, there were certainly lots of other violence and, you know, things that happened as a result. 
in other cities or in other instances where they maybe didn't have those kind of resources. I mean, look at, right. you know, all the places, including here, you know, where they had to have curfews and all kinds of stuff. So, do you know what I mean? I'm just saying I think the police should have been much more forceful, I guess, is what I'm trying to well, say. Well, yes. In, in this case, like, the police were not just not forceful. The, as you mentioned, there were police who were outright aiding and abetting. There were also police who were doing their jobs and protecting like Eugene buildings. Goodman. Eugene Goodman. Um, who uh, basically baited a mob of uh, rioters, uh, led them in the opposite direction of the Senate Hall, and uh, possibly... Uh, well, no, because they were they for... were approaching the Senate Hall. The Senate Hall was like moments away from being sealed off. Yeah. So, and he led them away, and also towards where there was more backup. Yeah. So, like, so that they didn't get a chance to actually enter. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand, like, these, like, who, what kind of crazy, like. It's just weird, too, because they have the American flag, and they think they're such patriots, and, like, they, that they're saving our country. But I don't know if they really think that. It's just a, such a weird, a like... A significant number of the, of, those, of the people who go to those protests earnestly believe that the majority of the United States Senate is in on, like, an international child trafficking ring slash possibly are Satanists and or are shape-shifting space aliens who subsist on the blood of the young. Like, it's... Uh-huh. These are, like, there's... There is a... Like, these are people who do not believe that the United States government is legitimate so that they... So they believe that they are patriots by taking back control. Um, so, like, yeah, the you know, that's why... You have people waving American flags and Confederate flags and Nazi flags. Because um, they all think that they are uh, taking back control uh-huh. for whatever cause they believe in. Yeah, it's just, it, it was very bizarre. I definitely had a more emotional reaction to it at the time. Because um, I do feel like it was extremely treasonous and a lot of people are saying um because a lot of people like I don't know sometimes with things like that people are less alarmed versus if it was the same situation and it was like a foreign entity right um and it, it, it definitely is domestic terrorism um and I think it should be sort of legally treated as such um, Megan McCain said that they should go to Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um. Only if only if we're giving the same treatment to the leadership, people who aided and abetted. Uh huh. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I do think it's like it. It is just such a weird situation. Um, I don't like. What's your reaction to it? I feel like. You don't have emotional reactions to things, so... Um, I think that this was, like, shameful. Um, I am... So, 
basically the the I am I the rioters are fucking nut jobs, but uh, we need to be able to hold accountable the political and media infrastructure that allowed things to get this far. Because what because the the uh, insurrection is the result of five years now of people making the decision to court uh, you know deranged viewpoints uh, authoritarian viewpoints uh, personalities that are cultish you know a cult like do you uh, mean sort of like Trump enabling and, this kind of perspective because it is yes. the first time that I mean that these kinds of so. people have always been yes. on sort of the fringe of the party or of whatever there have but, always been conspiracists yeah. in the United States they I think that 20 30 years ago um conspiracy was a less of a partisan phenomenon. There was definitely, you know, right-wing, uh, hardcore uh, conspiracy thinking, but it did not have the same kind of uh, establishment support that it now has. Now you have major media companies within the conservative media sphere. Um, you know, Fox News runs Tucker Carlson, who really courts these viewpoints, who serves as a gateway to these viewpoints. And then, uh, you know, places like Breitbart, um, One America News that are even further to the right, even more uh, irresponsible with the stories that they will propagate, uh, have all been brought into the fold of mainstream Republican politics due to President Trump, um, due to his candidacy, uh, his support on the fringes, his willingness to associate with uh, viewpoints and rhetoric and groups that used to be unfashionable on the right, and that opened the floodgates for the majority of leaders within the Republican Party uh, outright aiding and abetting the uh, uh, the the ecosystem that uh, promotes the idea that their Democrat colleagues in the House and Senate need to be killed. Uh-huh. So... So my, my reaction is that <laughs> we need to hold the leadership of this movement responsible in very serious ways. We need to be able to track, like... Who said what in support of this? Um, you know, and there are Republicans who uh, basically haven't uh, given in to that poll, right? Um, your boy, <laughs> uh, Willard Middington Romney. Um, <laughs> it's not Middington. I know, it's Willard Mitt Romney, uh, is still a conservative and therefore scum, but. Uh, he is. He has repeatedly uh, pushed Denounce. back against the most yeah. um, deranged uh, elements within the party. 
Uh, and even during this insurrection, he appeared to have a, uh, an emotional reaction uh, and yelled at his colleagues, you know. That but wasn't like, caught on film, but... Right. Um, but... Yeah. You'd have loved to have that video. I would have. Yeah. He won't let himself be caught on film like that, but... Right. I'm saying you can't look this up, but... Yeah. He, um, he was yelling at, like, Ted Cruz and, and them... Right. So, um, which, well, because there was a bunch of people who raised objections to the the vote count, a bunch of Republicans. Right. The majority of House it's Republicans. It's crazy. It's just like insane that they actually want to change an election result that's totally legitimate. It just doesn't even make sense. D- democracy is a minority position within the Republican it's Party. Just, it is now. It wasn't yeah. always like that, but... It definitely seems like it. So, um, and, you know, because that also is part of this whole thing. And then, but then after that, because then, you know, they had to be uh, evacuated. And then they came back later, though, once Mm -hmm. all the um, insurrecting had ended. Right. Um, And it took them to, like, three in the morning to actually certify the votes um but a bunch of the republicans did withdraw their objections Mm -hmm. and you know it was the first time i'd seen the tide really shift Mm -hmm. um because mitch mcconnell spoke out against um i don't know the trump and like that whole point of view and um he actually had an interesting speech a lot of it was about how like Democrats did this whole... He was trying to equate what they were doing to what the Democrats did in 2016. Right. And try to say, like, but we're going to be better than them. Um, so it was kind of a weird, like, analogy. And it was <laughs> It was McConnell being Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And well, I found it clever. I know you're... Sure, well, yeah, he's found clever. clever. In, he's like, clever. It's, okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. He's, it's, you know, somebody could learn a thing or two from that. So, he's clever. Okay. And, um, yeah. So, and then Lindsey Graham also um, spoke out against Trump and, like, the whole point of view of overturning the election right. and whatever. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it was the first, you know, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and them stayed in their little positions, but they're um, still kind of paying for it um, now, but um, because a bunch of people are not going to give them any more money. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you heard about that today. Well, yeah, Josh Hawley's book got canceled. Oh, yeah, and his book got canceled. I forgot about that. Um, So I don't think, I do think, um, you know, I think things are going to, they're going to have a tough time, especially, you know, now that we're going to be entering, uh, you know, a, a complete Democratic Congress. Um, I, I think they're going to have a hard time unless they kind of change their ways a bit. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. But, um, you know, I, and then, you know, and then Twitter permanently banned Trump's. Oh, account yeah. you know all social pretty much all social media even like shopify and <laughs> you know everything basically said like you know trump cannot have an account with us mm-hmm. um so i, I guess penguin 
came came back <laughs> just just Club to Penguin, just to make oh my a God. statement. Yeah. I loved Club Penguin. Yeah. Um. I had never played Club. Penguin. Oh really? Yeah. I did. Neopets. No, I didn't play Neopets.com. No. All the all the big websites of two thousand three came out. Yeah. And banned the president. Also Reddit. Um. Yeah. So basically, his phone is a brick. Yep. Um. And, you know, so I, I think now, um, and then obviously also we're looking at, um, you know, because there was talk of, like, basically the way it, I guess Pelosi decided to approach it was Mike Pence had 24 hours to invoke the 25th Amendment. He basically had today, like starting from today. Mm -hmm. So if by tomorrow morning he didn't do it, they're going to move forward with articles of impeachment. Which they've already been working on. Um, Maybe Trump can borrow Pierre Delecto. <laughs> no. no. So he's he's way too... Uh, he's not subtle enough for that right. kind of thing. I mean, so, Romney wasn't subtle enough for clearly. that. Clearly. <laughs> so, um, well, well, and I heard um, a little bit before we recorded that I guess Mike Pence and Trump met up for the first time since this whole thing. And I guess they agreed to work together for the last nine days of the administration. So it seems like the 25th Amendment isn't happening. It was kind of a long shot anyway, but it's like officially not happening. But so, you know, my guess is tomorrow morning they're going to be voting on impeachment um, in the House. And obviously the big question is, will he get convicted in the... Well, there's a couple questions. So the first question is... Will he actually get convicted and removed? And, like, a bunch of people are like, well, why bother with impeachment if there's only nine days left? It's not about, like, the actual, like, getting him out of office. Although that would be nice. But it's mm-hmm. it's about more of the larger consequences. Because if you're president, you get all kinds of perks for life. You get a $200,000 pension mm-hmm. every year. You get security detail, including Secret Service. You get a million-dollar travel budget every year. You get budget for a staff. Yeah, a million-dollar travel budget yeah. every year? Yep. Holy shit. So, and, you know, not to mention if you're impeached and convicted... Um, you can never run for office again. So, yes. you know, so it's more about the uh, retroactive effects or future, or however you'd say that. It's more about the effects going forward than doing anything now. Um, and and I definitely think because of that, because the 25th Amendment, there's no consequences like that. So um, that is the better move. Yeah. I guess the first question is, can they do it? Um, I, I do yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They have to get two thirds of the Senate on board mm-hmm. um, for, and no president's ever been uh, removed from office. Right. And but Lisa Murkowski did confirm that she would vote for that. So mm-hmm. you know, there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think it would be difficult, but maybe you know, maybe you can find sixteen other Republican senators who aren't insane. Well, so but it's a mixture because. We'll so I don't think it's going to happen. Uh-huh. I think that there is a small chance that uh, there are Republican senators out <coughs> there who want to run for president one day mm. and don't want to have to deal with Trump 2024. And so if that's the, the route that they go, uh, or, you know, so if we can get 
a mixture of the four or five Republicans in the Senate who aren't complete kooks, and maybe, you know, the 12 Republicans who think they would like to run for Senate or for president in four to eight years. Uh, maybe there's a chance that it happens. I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe there's mm-hmm. a chance. Um, definitely more of a chance than last time. Yeah. And um, I, the other question is the timing, because there's concern that if they sort of move forward with this now, that the Biden cabinet positions, uh-huh. you know, because um, obviously we have a new administration coming. They have cabinet appointments that need confirming. COVID relief, um, you know, that still needs to happen. Um, You know, they've just got a lot on their plate. And I think, unfortunately, it's more that they just have done nothing for six months. And, you know, it's coming back. It's going to come back to bite them now because they're going to have too much to do. Yeah. Um, You know, so I know that Jim Clyburn actually suggested that they wait until Biden's first 100 days in office are over. And then they move forward with impeachment, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting idea. But I don't, I do think waiting would, I don't think that, I think it would fade from people's mind. Yeah. And they wouldn't care as much. In, in three so, months, in three and a half months, impeaching Trump is going to seem like a real, like, like they just won't get over it, kind of a thing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's gonna it, the PR for it is gonna be like, wow, we're really, because you know the average person isn't gonna think about those like nuances of it. They're just gonna be like, we're really retroactively impeaching the president. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not a good idea. Are we are we gonna impeach uh, James Buchanan? <laughs> um. So, um, I do think, and they they did say this, like in theory, if. The soonest they could probably do a Senate trial, like if it gets mm-hmm. past the House, is like next Monday. Uh-huh. So like a day before the inauguration. So they could probably have the vote done by like the end of that week or something. You yeah. know, so it might not take that long. Um, but, you know, it, it is going to be, it, it's going to be, I don't even know, a hot mess. It's just going to be a lot. Yeah. A lot's going to be coming down the pipe, basically. But some of it is good because we're going to probably be looking at a bigger COVID relief package. We might yep. actually get $2,000 checks this yeah. time. I think we will. You know? Uh, and I can tell based on the fact that Joe Manchin has come out against it. And Joe Manchin only comes out against things when he knows that there are Republican votes for it. Uh, and he can get a quick descent in to keep pulling the wool over the eyes of the people of West Virginia. All right. So, yeah. Um, so, so basically we're going to get more. And I know Biden also said, like, the package that just passed should be considered only a down payment mm-hmm. on, like, the real relief. So, um, yeah. So, you know, it seems like that's going to be, especially now that the Democrats have controlled the Senate. You know, seems like inevitable that we'll get some really good COVID relief um, that we didn't get in the last year. And that, um, and then obviously the cabinet appointments aren't necessarily that exciting, but obviously they do need to happen. Yeah. Or I should say it's appointments. It's really confirmation of the appointments, Um, you know, which, which means basically an entire new administration and it's an entirely new sort of federal government. 
Yeah. Um, which is exciting. But, yeah, I mean, Congress has, you know, they're going to have, you know, a lot of sleepless nights coming because they're just going to have a lot to do for the next, like, three months, basically. Yep. But they had nothing to do for a long time, so. Yeah. Um, all right, so did we cover everything? I think we covered the big things, the big so, things. yeah. All right, anything else that you wanted to add? Um, or discuss? Nope. Uh, it was it was rough, but we won the Senate. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to happen, and I'm very happy that it has happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, we will hopefully do another episode, maybe after the inauguration. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Trump isn't going. Pence is going. Biden did say Trump isn't welcome there, which some people said that was a bad move, but eh. whatever. Um, it's probably, it would be inappropriate, I think, for him to go at this point. So, yeah. Um, yeah um, I don't know. So... <laughs> I guess that's it. How can we find you on social media? How can we find me? I'm like really out of practice. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at every little thing Aaron, and you can find Blank Buzz at Blank Buzz on Instagram and Twitter, and also our website is blankbuzz.com. Uh, you can find me at uh, Indiana Walsh on Twitter, and um, anything to plug? Are you gonna shout out your TikTok? No, I, oh, okay. I that's. It's not a political TikTok. So? Well, I mean, everything's political. Um, but I like to keep these two things oh, separate. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I guess that's it. So, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you, or... You will hear, hear us. You will hear we, us. We will, we will neither see nor hear you. <laughs> you will hear us soon. All righty.